Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, people know about AFR and their, you know, desire and their mission to activate people, to inform them, to instruct them uh, for for a moral nation, and uh, we we do not apologize for that. But the latter part of that is important too, to aid the church uh, in carrying out the Great Commission at home and abroad in foreign countries. And uh, exploring missions, we really take that seriously. That we want to equip people to uh, be mission uh, on mission for God, and uh, it starts with a missional mindset. And uh, by the way, this is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper. And uh, Nathan and I served together uh, at a church uh, for a few years. Now, he was uh, in the church. I was his dad and pastor for many years, but we served on staff together. And one of the things that really opened up my mind in my life uh, was Nathan in the area of missions. And I say that because you never know where you will learn about missions. I had a a, a lady in a, one of the first churches I pastored, Nathan, and uh, she said, Pastor, don't talk it. Talk national missionaries and international. We're just on mission for God. And he said, she said, wherever the need is, we're on mission for God. And I'll never forget that. She was the leader of, of the ladies missionary group there, you know, right. and she she didn't just talk about it. She did it. And then I've referred to this person before, a mentor of mine, Dr. Bobby Moore, and he prayed for me and challenged me to get a vision of missions for the world. And then when you and I worked together, it challenged me to to be involved in it, especially that part uh, where the older men are to teach the younger ones, the way Paul taught Timothy to teach others. And one of the most I would say the wonderful times that you and I had serving together was going to a Latin America country, and I would go and I would train pastors, which I love to do. I would how, how to teach a uh, class, how to get sermons that register with people without uh, helps, just using the Bible, and uh, enjoyed that tremendously. And you and you'd follow up and go down there. This is how you multiply it, how you uh, small groups and go. And so missions are caught and taught, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. And and we and that's what exploring <clears throat> missions is about. We're trying to let you catch the vision, but on times you and I take time to teach what the Bible shows us about missions and how to do it. Yeah, it's uh, you really discipleship is caught and taught. You know, yes. there, even Deuteronomy six, thinking about that. You know, there's formal. Uh, times of instruction of parents to their children, and then there's informal times. Uh, you know, as you get up and lay down and walk around on the road and uh, that sort of thing. So, um, it's it, that's what really this is. It's a it's a disciple making tool, uh, resource, hopefully uh, for the church that 
you know, we can equip and encourage uh, God's people to live on mission. And that's what we want to look at today. Well, let's look at that because we want you to to be on mission for God. And uh, again, that's what Exploring Missions is about. And by the way, uh, if you can only get part of this broadcast, you can go to AFR.net and look, click under, under podcast, scroll down to Exploring Missions, and you can look at this or listen to this program and see programs that we've done in the past as well. Yep. So it's available, and many of them are training uh, sessions, uh, about 30 minutes of, of classroom. Hopefully it's not <laughs> uh, boring. It's conversational, and uh, but I think people can learn a lot from it. Yeah, what is that? People will download apps and, and uh, things on their phone to help them sleep at night, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this is not one of those. Yeah, I hope not. Um, but what, what are we looking at today? Nathan? Yeah, so we want to talk about basic practices for living on mission. So just, you know, as as you were told by by the by the lady in your church that, you know, God's people are on mission, we're living on mission, wherever that is, uh, here's some here's some basic practices, some things we could do practically speaking, uh, to be intentional about living on mission. Um, another way you can maybe say that is something that you quote quite often, I, I do as well. Uh, from Henry Blackaby that, you know, find out where God is working and then join him in that. So how can you find out where God is working? So these are these are some ways to to possibly do that. Well, let's take this journey, and you who are listening, be sure and listen and see, because uh, God's left us here for a reason. Uh, one of the promotions that we do for exploring missions uh, is they'll have a 30-minute just promotion between uh, shows and different things is God's left you here for a reason. If uh, He was only interested in you being saved, uh, He'd have saved you and then took you on to heaven right then. But He's left us here for a reason, hasn't He? Yeah, absolutely. And we want to be a part of that and discover that. That sometimes there's a discovery to like what what is my purpose? What am I here for? Is it something great, grand, wonderful? Is it something small and seemingly insignificant, but God can do great things in that. Um, it doesn't matter. Just start and see what God does with your life. Amen. Well, let's take this journey. So uh, the first thing, the first basic practice and the best place to start is, uh, number one, we want to we want to love, okay? And all these start with L. Um, Makes it easier yeah, to remember. It, and, and partly because I'm Baptist too, so, you know, you gotta <laughs> got to start with the same letter or rhyme at the end of your word or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so love, ask God to love people through you. And that's a that's a great prayer. Just, just begin wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing. Just simply ask, say that prayer. Ask God to, you know, Lord, will you love people through me? Um, of course, that means God's, God loves them, but it also means you grow to love people. Uh, and that's that's not easy, you know. It's uh, sometimes hard, but we do not, we cannot skip this essential step. If you do, if you just skip over the love part and just jump into mission work or ministry, um, what happens is the people become projects. You know, they're not people that you serve; they they become people that you use, um, and that happens so often in ministry. We see it, um, and. And it's because of this that 
whoever it is has stopped loving um, and stopped, um, st- you know, stopped seeing people as people that God loves, but just seeing them as um, an ends to uh, a means to an end. You know, Jesus would look out even with the crowds and look at look at them with compassion. Yeah. And uh, he demonstrated, well, he should have, but he did. John 3, 16, for God did what? So love the world yeah. that he gave. And uh, Paul would write, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah. Um, you know, when we get to heaven, faith has become real. No need of hope because that hope been has realized, been realized. Right? Yep. But guess what about love? It continues. Amen. That's the premium. Yeah, and, you know, I even think of the verse that we love him because he first loved us. And you could also extend that we can love them because he first <laughs> loved us. You know? Amen. Even um, even though so he loved us when we were so unlovely. Yeah. Amen. So let's not let people become a project. Let's dare not let the gospel message become a sales pitch, right? Um, but if 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 we skip love, we will instead of make disciples, we'll just make converts, right, to our system of belief, uh, which is something that we're actually not commanded to do. We're commanded to make disciples. Um, so as we begin the process of identifying um, where God's working and how we can join them, um, let's look at people and let's ask the Lord who is love to fill us with his love. Um, and so we could be instruments of his compassion and his faithful love. Amen. All right, the second basic practice for living on mission. You want to list, okay, make, it, make a list and not just any sort of list, like a grocery list or a to-do list, but you want to make an oikos list. Now, in English, it's kind of a it's a Greek word that's transliterated, O-I-K-O-S, oikos. Uh, it actually means household, okay? And I just want to give an example of how this is used in, in the New Testament. Uh, Luke chapter 10, uh, verse, verse 5, whatever house you enter, First say, peace to this household. So the word house or household there is the word, the Greek word oikos. Now, it doesn't mean a physical structure, a building of a house. It actually means people. Remember, we're focused on people. Uh, so a household is everybody within a sphere of influence with, with a common connection. Uh, so it could be, you know, the head of the household but then his family, his immediate family, could even be his extended family. It could even be his employees, um, you know, servants or, or workers. Uh, it could definitely include neighbors and uh, co-workers, however you might want to, you know, extend that out. Uh, whoever's in his social network, his sphere of influence, that's his household, that's his oikos. Uh, so you want to make a list of your own sphere of influence your own social network, any people whose lives you're already engaged with, sit down, get out a piece of paper and a pen, and make a list of of some of those people by name. They could be friends. uh, They could be family members, neighbors, maybe anyone you associate with on a regular basis, whether it's through work or school, maybe sports teams, shared interests, any kind of groups like that. your, your list will probably, you want to kind of, you don't want to make it, you know, too extensive, but you'll probably want to keep your list to around 20 to 25 people to start with. And, and you want to, um, 
you can you can even group them by uh, by kind of what category they belong to if you want to. Uh, you could say it's a friends list, F-R-A-N, friends, relatives, associates, or neighbors. That's one way you could do this. When I hear this, uh, Nathan, there's two biblical examples that come to my mind. One is the apostle uh, Matthew. After he followed Christ, yes, he, he threw a party. Yeah, <laughs> and all his, his tax friends. collector friends. Yeah, yeah. you remember uh, when you were a teenager uh, here at our home here in Tupelo, Mississippi, is when I would say music started changing with you know more modern music, and uh, they had a group. It was either Friday night or Saturday night Matthew's party. Yeah, you know, That's and right. it, to invite and come. The other one is the Philippian jailer. Uh, you know he he took he took Paul home to his family, yes. And Paul included them. You know, if you and your family believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. So yep, that was that their whole, area that, of influence. Exactly that exact word oikos. Your is household will be saved is used. That's right. So make your oikos list, um, and let's say it has twenty to twenty five people on it. So just answer the question: Which ones of these on your list should you start sharing the gospel with? Uh, or which ones can you enlist to help you share the gospel with some? So you're, there's basically two categories. You've got, you have people that already know Jesus, and you want to enlist them, enlist them to help you. Uh, but if they don't know Jesus, then you want to evangelize and share the good news of Jesus with them. And so from basically this point on out, you're going to start working with at least another partner, hopefully. Um, you don't want to do this by yourself. Uh, but start with that list. Now, I'll say one more thing about the Oikos list. The longer you've been a follower of Jesus, it's going to be harder to come up with a list of people that don't know Jesus as well. Um, you would either have to work in a you know, a specific type of setting around a lot of lost people or intentionally like go out of your way to, to know those people. And I think that's a good thing to do. Um, but just know that, that the older you are, prob- probably the longer you've been a Christian, you probably know less non-Christians. Uh, so that in itself should maybe turn our hearts toward, you know, what's on God's heart. So you want to love, you want to list. Third, you want to look. Okay, we're going to look. We're going to identify and prioritize which groups of people and one way of saying this, like missiologists talk about population segments, and you could do that. You can kind of segment a large group of people into smaller groupings of people. And the point is to focus your work based on the need for the gospel, need to hear the gospel, and then openness or responsiveness to the gospel. So you want to, um, if you've started with an oikos list, then how do you how do you know who to share the gospel with first? Well, who needs to hear it the most? Or the times you do share it, who seems the most open to hear more? You know, more open to follow Jesus, potentially. So you might want to start with that person. Uh, let the Holy Spirit lead you. But if you're still at a point where, even after making your oikos list, uh, you're not really sure where to begin, well, one way is to you know, take a town, take the place where you live, um, and pick a neighborhood, pick an area of town, and go on a prayer walk. Maybe take a friend with you. 
someone you've enlisted, you know, in this work uh, and go on a prayer walk. Uh, so you can walk through your own neighborhood, uh, pick one that has lots of uh, different people from different places living in it, maybe with backgrounds and cultures different than your own. Maybe hang out in an ethnic restaurant on a regular basis. And while you're there sitting, waiting on your food, you're spending time in prayer for the people that, um, you know, that represent a larger people group from that country that, you know, the people might be from. Um, So you want to take note as you're praying of anything that God might show you. Maybe people you meet, a significant experience or conversation you might have. And ask God to lead you to someone who needs to hear the good news of Jesus. You know, that's another good prayer. You might want to start out, God, will you love people through me? And then you might want to go on to, uh, Lord, can you lead me to someone who needs to hear the good news of Jesus? And you can start doing that on a regular basis, going to the same places, walking the same routes, sharing the gospel, and asking for, uh, for prayer for anyone you meet. I just When you meet someone, tell them what you're doing. I'm out praying, asking God to bless this neighborhood. Uh, and I like to pray for people. Can I pray for you? Is there anything I can pray for you about? Yeah. Uh, you know, so you're you're looking to see where God might be working. You're listening to Exploring Missions here on AFR, uh, Bert and Nathan with you, and we're going on basic uh, practices for living on mission for God. And we're talking about looking. When you were talking about that, I could not help but think about the Apostle Paul in Athens, and he basically went on a prayer walk looking to see who he could connect with, and he saw this image to the unknown God. And uh, that led him to the place where he could share. Let me tell you about this God. You may not know him, but I know him. Yeah. And uh, But it was like a prayer walk, Nathan. Yeah, you know absolutely. when he did that and he saw the prayer walks help you pray, but it also helps you see needs, doesn't it? Yeah, when you prayer walk, you want to pray uh, with your eyes open. Now, practically, so you're not bumping into <laughs> things and falling down. Yeah. But spiritually, you want to ask for God to open your eyes to see things through his perspective that you might not see before. You know, a lot of times just driving down the street, you know, you you miss the details. But when you get out and walk down the sidewalk, you'll notice some things. And some of those um, might lead you to someone that has a need, someone that um, is open to hearing the good news of Jesus. Uh, maybe they'll come to church with you or join your small group. Or maybe they'll be open, um, willing to open their home for a small group to meet in, and you can start a Bible study, the beginnings of a, a new church, just right there in someone's living room. Uh, you don't know uh, until you look, but I believe you find what you're looking for, you know? And so we need to have those eyes, those spiritual eyes to see. So we love, we list, we look forth, we want to locate. So we're, we're actually starting to discover and identify uh, people maybe groups, maybe individuals. They could be on our list. Uh, They could be someone uh, that God just brings into our life. But what we're looking for, what we're locating, is a person of peace. We want to discover a person of peace. And we want to try to discover them from within maybe one of those groups that we've been working with or, or focused on or praying for. Now, as you go out sharing the gospel, you're going to encounter barriers, right? Sometimes opposition, even rejection. What happens when you do that? Well, the Bible says to rejoice, right? <laughs> it does. And so we don't need to worry when we are faced with opposition or rejection in our sharing of the gospel. That's expected. 
Instead, God has promised his word will not return void. So there's going to be fruit as well. As long as we stay faithful, there will be fruit. So we keep sharing until the fruit shows itself. And so you're looking for people, you're looking for those who are receptive and eager to hear the gospel. All right? Once you find this person, you're going to spend lots of time with them, sharing in Bible studies, explaining the gospel, praying with them, and making much of Jesus. And this person of peace will be the key, will be the instrument, and the key to unlock the door to reach the entire rest of the group. Okay, maybe someone, a group of people, again, that God has placed on your heart. Um, So we've talked about person of peace before, but just real quickly, again, using Luke 10 as kind of an example. Um, So in Luke 10, Jesus says, when you you go to the house and say peace to this household, verse 6, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. So that's who the person of peace is that Jesus is talking about. Would Lydia uh, from Philippi, not not as completely, but it's still very real. Paul would always find, you know, the synagogue. But there was no synagogue in Philippi. So he finds where some God-fearing people meet, and Lydia seemed to be that person. He stayed in her household, and they gathered there. So Yeah, absolutely. Lydia is an example. Um, you mentioned Matthew. With his tax collector friend Zacchaeus, another tax collector, he was a person of peace. Even in Luke 10 itself, later on, you know, Jesus tells the story of the uh, the Good Samaritan. And then after that, it has him going to maybe the very first visit to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus's house. Yeah. And uh, in that story, it's like, well, which is there one of these people that's the person of peace? And it's the person who welcomes Jesus and, and lets him come in. And share. So that's what a person of peace does. It's someone who welcomes the messenger. So they, they welcome the person who's bringing the message of peace. They welcome you into their home. They welcome you into their own household, their oikos, their sphere of influence. And then they also receive the message. They eventually themselves might believe it, and they, they extend their influence then so other people can hear the message and believe it. Uh, so that's what a person of peace does. They welcome the messenger, receive the message, and extend their influence. And so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for someone who God leads us to that will do those things. And th- through them, uh, God will multiply uh, the disciples uh, and even see churches planted through that person of peace. So let's locate. And the fifth basic practice for living on mission is listen, listen. All of this is uh, preempted by um, is you know you can you can my my little list here is not scripture. Hopefully, it's based on scripture. But what you really want to do before you listen to me, you want to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if He tells you to do something different, then do what He tells you. Right? If He tells you to uh, don't go to that house, but go to this house. Right? Don't talk to that person. Talk to this person. Uh, anything like that, um, you know, you, rem- can't, you can learn to hear His voice. Absolutely, exactly, absolutely. So you want to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So no formula or plan actually works. God is the one who works. Now, often God will work through a plan or a pattern of best practices, but sometimes 
he does things in new and surprising ways. We've all seen that, right? Yeah, Hopefully yeah. we've experienced that. So the best way to listen to the Holy Spirit is to continually pray. Just pray continually. Learn to listen to the Lord. Follow his lead. And you'll get wisdom and confirmation from your partners as well along the way. You stay in the Bible. Keep reading his word. Stay on your knees in dependence and walk out in obedience and confidence in what God is telling you to do, no matter what it is. And he does, and he will lead you. And uh, that's the whole idea. Uh, He is the good shepherd. And the shepherd doesn't drive the sheep. He leads them. Yeah. Uh, and he will lead us. And he leads by his voice, right? He does. They hear he his does. voice. They hear his voice. He know he knows ours. We should know his. Yeah. So uh, that's what we want to do uh, to basically see where God is working. How do we see where God is working so we can join Him? We want to love. Ask God to love people through us. We want to list, make our oikos list, our sphere of influence. Notice the people that's already in our lives, right? That that might be far from God, or that who can join us in this work. And we want to look, uh, specifically prayer walk, and and as we pray and as we walk, look and see where God's working. We want to locate and discover a person of peace, someone who is the key to their community, who uh, gives us an open door to share the gospel. And then we want to listen, follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit through it all. The last basic practice for living on mission is to lead. We're going to lead someone else to do these things. So you're going to do all of it's the above. Multi- is it called multiplication? That's right. Yeah. It's that Second Timothy 2, 2 verse that yeah. you were talking about. Yeah. Paul to Timothy, Timothy to faithful men, faithful men to others. Amen. So you, you find a partner, someone that you've enlisted to join with you. They already know Jesus. They love him, and they're willing to go with you. Uh, or maybe someone that has not yet met Jesus, and they're in the harvest field, and they become part of the part of the sending team, part of the mission team. Uh, so you're going to train someone in in doing these basic practices, and guess what? Then they multiply and do the same thing for others. One of my favorite stories, and these are people that I know and have met, and uh, a pastor, uh, great guy, and then there was this. Basically, an area drug dealer, the drug dealer got saved, and they became partners in witnessing and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, and God's opened up so many doors for them. Now there's a ministry to help those that are addicted to overcome. You never know where the leading may go to. That's right. It, it's A lot of times it's bigger than what we ever dreamed or thought of. Amen. I mean, it needs to be. Um, If it's it's something that you can plan out and map out on a piece of paper and in your mind, then you're going to kind of keep it under your control. But we're to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So it's got to be something bigger beyond us, something that we can't imagine. And we just trust God through it all, listening to Him, following Him, and doing what He's told us to do, which is... Make disciples of all the nations. And people are watching as we do this. They're listening. They're watching. Uh, Is it real for us? And uh, when it's real, people will follow. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions here on AFR. It's been our treat to share with you today some basic, basic practices for living on mission for God. 
We hope you're on mission for God, and we hope you are listening to His Holy Spirit as He will lead you to the people that He is desiring to bring into His kingdom. 